Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Go to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5 by faith. By faith, I'm excited to kick off this series. 9 a.m. was absolutely beautiful. The 9 a.m. was, 9 a.m., those people are crazy. They wake up like at 4 o'clock in the morning, get here at 8. They came in excited for God's word and God's prayer, and we just had an amazing time. I thought the 9 a.m. was not going to finish. But here's what I know. I know God is here in this place. And if you came just to have church and check it off some list and, you know, kind of like a good duty to do, uh, I would pray that you reframe that, you change that, and you say, I'm here for an encounter with God. More than any of us can talk about on a platform, when we open up his word, he speaks. And he changes all of our hearts. And so today, that's what we're praying for. Amen? And so today, lean in. And I don't know what your mind is on, but put your mind on Jesus. And I'm telling you, when he shows up, everything does change. Romans chapter 5. We're going to start with Romans chapter 5. We're going to look at faith in three different angles throughout this series. Uh, Today, we're going to start with this one, Romans chapter 5. If you don't have a Bible, we're going to put it up on the screen so you can follow along at home as well. If you're there, can you say amen? Amen. Romans chapter 5, we're going to begin in verse 1. The word of the Lord says this, Therefore, since we have been justified by, by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God not only that but we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance endurance produces character character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us amen verse 6 for while we were still weak At the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, one would dare even to die. But God, he shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Come on, can we give God some glory for that? Romans chapter 5. It's a beautiful passage. And... uh, We'll get into it in the next few moments. Out of Romans chapter 5, we're going to begin this series that we're going to be on for the next several weeks. And like I said, I want you to lean in, take out a notebook, write down some notes. Let's learn together what God's Word is saying to us. Let's begin and live this year by faith. Somebody say by faith one more time. By faith. And I really believe that as we lean in and seek God, He'll answer and He'll show up in our life. Amen. As we start this series by faith, today the first teaching that I want to share with all of us and as we look to God's word, I titled this message, Let Freedom Ring. 
let freedom ring why don't you look at three people around you and tell them let freedom ring let freedom ring let freedom ring write that down on a notebook let's lean into Romans chapter 5 God's Word and see how it speaks to our life today let's pray we'll talk about Romans chapter 5 for about 20 25 minutes and then we'll worship one more time I love worship worship was beautiful I love it I think we should worship one more time before we leave and so we'll worship one more time and then we'll go have, uh, home and uh, have an incredible day and hopefully Dolphins beat the Jets even if we do it looks bleak so we'll just pray by faith let's pray father we thank you we love you we thank you that you are a good God thank you for every service thank you for every single person uh, that calls this place home thank you for every person visiting thank you for every person connected online thank you for this household of faith God we pray that you would speak to us today thank you for your word that it is alive and it speaks to us and it stirs us up we pray that today you would do something in our heart God we believe that today we're going home different because of your Holy Spirit and what you want to do Holy Spirit I pray that you would heal I pray that you would break chains I pray that you would open up eyes God we want a different year full of your spirit full of your presence we love you we thank you and it's in the name of Jesus that all of Calvary says Amen. oh come on all of Calvary says Amen. come on the auditorium additional seating can you make some noise for Jesus one more time The Emancipation Proclamation was an executive order that was issued by President Abraham Lincoln, uh, and it went into effect on January 1st, 1863. The Emancipation Proclamation was a declaration that all the slaves in the United States should be set free. In the middle of the Civil War, the news went out and slaves began to walk and live in this freedom. The southern states and the southern masters began to conceal or hide this fact from their slaves, especially in the state of Texas. And as the Emancipation Proclamation went out, the slaves in Texas did not know that they were free. And for two and a half years, they lived under brutal bondage. They lived illegally as slaves. They were tortured. They were sold and traded, although freedom was already theirs. And it wasn't until June 19, 1865, two and a half years later, that General Gordon marched in with the troops into Galveston, Texas, and that day, the general stood up, he read the proclamation by President Abraham Lincoln and declared that day, all slaves are now free. And that's the day that freedom came to every single human being. That's the day that all the slaves were set free. I think this story in our history, it's it's actually extremely important because it tells us something interesting about freedom. And I think what it tells us is that freedom is useless to have unless you know that you have it. Freedom is useless to own and possess unless you own and unless you know that you own and possess it. What good is it to have freedom if you don't know you have it? 
And I think as we start a brand new year, there's a lot of us that we don't know about the freedom that we have in Jesus. And here we are starting a brand new year. Here we are starting a brand new month. And instead of living in the freedom that Jesus came to give us, we are still slaves to old patterns, old thinking, old sin, old mentalities. While Jesus is saying, I have brought freedom to all of humanity. Yet we live as slaves under the thumb of oppression of sin. Today I want to talk about, sla- about being slaves to failure. So many of us, I think, in this room, around the world, today, instead of realizing all that God has for us, we're living as slaves to our yesterday. We're living as slaves to our mistakes, to our failures, to what we did, to what we once were, to things that happened in our life. And I think that problem that happens with our past is that often our past can paralyze our present. So many of us, we're at the beginning of a brand new year. 2023 has kicked off. And maybe you're like some people that I know, you don't get excited about a new year. You're like, it's just another day. It's just another day. I don't know about you, but I get excited not just with a new year. I get excited with a brand new day every single day. I, I, I don't know, but I've read in my Bible, the Bible says his mercies and his compassions are made new each and every single morning. Oh, so you know I'm going to get excited about a new year because I woke up today, the sun came up, and there was new mercy. There was new compassion. There was new grace. There's a new opportunity. I know I did some stuff yesterday, but I got grace today. I got mercy today. I got a clean slate today. Come on, anybody excited about a God with new beginnings? Oh, come on, am I talking to the right people? Anybody excited about a God who gives brand new beginnings? It's just another date. (laughs) You got to let the Holy Spirit put this in your heart, deep down inside. There is new grace. There's new compassion. There's new mercies. And maybe today you're not living in that new mercy and that freedom. You're living in failure. You don't feel good enough. You feel like you'll always be the broken person. You'll feel like you'll always be that person that messed up, that did wrong. I will always be the abuser, or I will always be the one with failed marriages. I will always be the one that got abused. I will always be the cheater. I will always be the liar. I will always be the one in addiction and bondage, and you're letting your past define your future. So many of us, we're getting ready to run off into this new year, and God has a wide open future for you, for your marriage, for your relationship, for our life, for our church, but we're stuck in the past. And here we are not being able to move forward. Here we are stuck as slaves to failure. Slaves to failure. Alex, you don't know what I did, and I think today there's people here, you're living in the, in, in the failure of yesterday. Alex, you don't know what I did in my marriage. You failed in responsibility. You failed as a father. You failed as a mom. You failed as a wife, as a husband. You failed as a son, as a daughter. Alex, I I made promises and I never kept my word. So many of us say we're identified and marked by what we didn't do or by what we did. And today we can't live in the freedom that Jesus came to give us. Because our past is still speaking to us. The Bible says that the devil is the accuser of men. 
And instead of listening to God's word, we're listening to the word of Satan. And here we are sitting in service. Here we are trying to understand what the word says. But we keep hearing that little voice that says, you'll never be good enough. You'll always be the addicted one. You'll always be the black sheep of the family. You're always going to live in dysfunction. Your family's never going to be right. You're never going to be like so-and-so. You're never going to be like your brother. You're never going to be like your sister. But I came with good news. The Bible says, let freedom ring. Jesus came so that our past does not define us. Jesus came to give us freedom. And I'm excited this morning because I got freedom in Jesus. Oh, I know that when I think about Jesus, I get excited. I get full of hope. I get full of faith. I know you came quiet today, but I came excited because I got freedom in my soul. I got a God that's for me. I got a God who's with me. I got a God who speaks different about my destiny. I got a God who fights for me. Come on, somebody. If you're thankful for a new year, somebody scream by faith. So many of us are not living. I'm sorry, I got excited. So many of us are not living by faith. We're living by failure. But this year, make a decision. I'm going to live by I'm going to wake up by I'm going to lay down by I'm going to go forward by faith. By faith. Not in my own strength. Not in my own identity, but in the one that he gave me. I'm living by faith in Jesus' name. C.S. Lewis said, you can never go back and change how you started, but you can start again and change your ending. Winston Churchill said, failure is not fatal, it's the courage to continue that counts. Come on, I want to talk to a church that's ready to stand up and tackle the year. You might have messed up last year. Your family might have been in dysfunction. Your marriage probably failed. You went through a health thing that stopped you. But I'm going to get back up because the righteous person falls seven times. But seven times he gets back up and continues fighting by faith. Come on. In fact, I put it this way. When you live by faith, you're not defined by failure. When you live by faith, you're not defined by failure. Come on, let's be the church that lives by faith. Let's live by faith. I don't know what your year looked like in the last 12 months, but I know what it can look like in the following 12 months if you live by faith. I think the book of Romans, possibly one of the greatest books that Paul ever wrote, in my opinion, the greatest. The book of Romans is... It's rich in doctrine and theology. And we studied it several years ago as a church. You can go back and go through that series. But it is awesome. We're going to go through it at CLS. And I just think it's a book that we should read. You should get up every morning. For the next 21 days, take five, ten minutes out of your schedule and give it to God. And dig through scripture. And you're, you're going to find out who God is. But Paul, he wrote such an eloquent, beautiful, it's a master class in doctrine and theology. The book of Romans, we need it. We need to read it. Paul is writing to a church in Rome, and he's trying to explain to them that we are not made right with God by our own works. And that's humanity's problem today, is that we think we could do something to make us right with God. And Paul, he, he says, we are justified by faith. We are justified by faith. Now, he brings up this word justified. The theological term is justification. That's a theological term to basically say that the moment, the day, the hour that you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are just as if you've never sinned. 
At that moment, we are justified. We are made right with God by faith. The moment I trust Jesus, Jesus, I can't on my own. You're my Lord and Savior. I've now been justified. I have been made just as if I've never sinned. And that happens by faith. I don't got to do nothing for it. No, nothing. But I thought I could like crawl my way around the neighborhood, make my knees bleed. No, nothing. But I thought maybe if I said 50 Hail Marys, no, nothing. How, how are you saved? By faith. How are you made righteous? By faith. Paul's saying it's by faith. faith. All you need to do is believe. In fact, he says it's by faith that you now have access into this grace in which we now stand. Romans chapter 5 is beautiful. It's profound. We stand on God's grace because of faith that takes us there. And so Paul's trying to explain it to them. Paul says, you need faith to believe that Jesus died for your sins. And the minute you trust him as your savior, we have what's called imputed righteousness. Theologically speaking, what that means is that Jesus, he took on all of our sins and then all of Jesus was put on us. Is that making sense, church? Literally, what what God did was take off that old sinful coat. I got a brand new jacket for you. And it's a jacket of righteousness. It's a clean jacket. It's white as snow. You couldn't earn it. You didn't have the money to buy that jacket. But he imputed it. He put it on. I don't know about you. I'm glad that I got a brand new jacket of righteousness put on by my father by faith. Are you following along so far? There's nothing you and I can do. We can never behave good enough. To be forgiven. Try it. You'll go like eight hours. <laughs> in the ninth hour, somebody cuts you off on a turn back. You're like, oh, ah, I can't get that jacket on my own. Is that making sense? And so, so Paul says it's by faith. Now, here's the thing. Everybody has faith. Every single one of us, we have faith. You need faith to live in this world. Like, like you had faith that the barista at the coffee shop this morning didn't put poison in your vanilla latte. You had faith that what you ordered, you received and you could drink it. That took faith. You you had faith that you took a nap yesterday and you had no idea if your spouse was gonna choke you in the middle of that nap because they were so upset at you. Come on, that took some faith. We all have faith. You had faith that that car that you sat in had enough gas like the gauge told you to make it to church this morning. You have faith in the gauges to tell you where you can go. You had faith in the seatbelt that if something happened, it would. you had faith with the traffic lights that people were going to obey. You don't even think about it. We just take the light. It all takes faith. You have faith that you go to a doctor and he tells you, yeah, you have a clean bill of health. Uh, doctor, where did you graduate from? Is that the Plomo Rio? I don't know if you're one of these doctors that just got a license off the internet. You have faith in the office that you go to. You have faith in the government. You have faith in printed money. The problem is not that we don't have faith. The problem is that we have our faith in the wrong place. We all have faith. Every single one. You had faith when you came in here right now to sit in the chair that you sat in. None of us Ask Dream Team, uh, when did you buy these chairs? Uh, can they, are you sure a 180-pound person can sit on this chair? Uh, I got a bad knee, and I don't know. You didn't check under the chair. You didn't see if all, you had faith that we weren't going to pull a trick on you, and you were going to sit down, and the chair was going to hold you. Yeah. Right, yeah. The problem is not that we don't have faith. We have faith in the wrong direction. Yeah. Right. And so some of us, we have more faith on our works than we do on the work of Jesus. Wow. Come on, as we start 2023, some of us, we have more faith 
in the mistakes that we made, on all the bad that we did, some of us have more faith on our sin than we do on the salvation act of Jesus. Some of us think the power of addiction has more power than the power of the blood. Some of us have more faith in the past than we do in what Jesus did. And I came to tell you, you just need faith in the right place. You need to put your faith in the only one that conquered the grave. His name is Jesus. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. My faith is not on Wall Street. My faith is not on my spouse. My faith is not in a bank. My faith is in Jesus. Well, I got faith, but I'm going to put it in the right place. Faith is only as powerful as the object that it is placed in. What is faith? I'll put it this way. I found this definition. One of the simplest definitions. Faith is the trust in the God of the scriptures and his son Jesus who he sent. What is faith? I believe God. I believe what he's spoken. I believe in the scripture that he's given us. I'm just going to believe and trust in his son Jesus. Billy Graham said, faith is believing and receiving what God has revealed. I'm going to believe it, and I'm going to receive it. Amen? Charles Spurgeon, one of the greatest preachers that ever lived in the 1800s, led one of the greatest revivals of all time. He said, faith is believing that Christ is what he is said to be, and that he will do what he's promised to do, and expecting this of him. I know who Jesus is. I believe he is who he said. And I trust that he's going to come through for me. That's faith. And so today, I want to increase my faith in Jesus, not in my works. You and I can never get to God on our own, but thank, I don't know about you, but I'm thankful to God that he sent his son down to us. Every other religion is man trying to get to God. Christianity is God coming down to man. And I believe that by faith. Faith is not a feeling. Come on, can we make a decision, Calvary 2023? We're not going to live by feelings. Can I get an amen? amen. Come on, we, we are emotional human beings, and God gave us emotions, but don't let them rule your spirit in 2023. Faith is not feelings. Because some days you're going to wake up and you ain't going to feel nothing. You're not going to feel like loving your spouse. <laughs> Thought I heard an amen. I was like, that's not a good part for an amen right there. Some days you're not going to feel like worshiping. Some days you're not going to feel like tithing. Some days you're not going to feel like joining a connect group. Some days you're not going to feel anything. But my faith is not in my feelings. Faith is a conviction that God is who he said he is. That he will do what he said he's going to do. That he'll never leave me nor forsake me. So whether I feel it or not, I'm going to live by faith. Sometimes you need to fake it till you make it. You need to wake up in the morning. You're like, I'm going to live by faith. And you may not feel it. You'll be like, I'm going to live by faith. Day one. (laughs) Day seven, I'm going to live by faith. My my mortgage is due. I don't got money. I'm going to live by faith. The marriage is not getting better. I'm going to live by faith. The sickness is getting worse. But by day 21, you need to look in the mirror and you need to fake it till you make it. I'm living by faith in Jesus. Every day. If it takes 365 days, I'm living by faith. You got to preach to yourself. I'm living by faith. And so many of us, instead of living under conviction, we live under condemnation. And there's two different things. We all sin. The Bible says every single one of us, we've sinned and we will sin. But there's a difference. When you live by faith, you feel conviction. That means you, you know you've grieved God. Oh, I've gone against God. I've, 
I, I, I've sinned, I've done wrong. And you turn and repent from that sin. Condemnation is when feelings rule your life and now you say, I'm no good. I can never, and, and conviction takes you to God. Condemnation makes you run from God. Here's the thing today. Today, I think we got believers all over the world that don't even feel conviction anymore. Like when I'm preaching by faith, I don't mean now that we abuse grace. We should feel conviction about our sins. Like I think we live in a day and age where Christians don't even care about holiness anymore. We just do whatever, go wherever. We don't care about immorality. Like, oh, I just got grace. I just got grace is not a license to sin. Every single time we sin, we should feel conviction of the Holy Spirit. Run to God and say, God, I need your grace. I'm sorry. I repent. But it doesn't mean we live under condemnation. The Bible says now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I repent. I turn. But I'm not condemned because of Jesus. And that's by faith. How do I know I'm living under condemnation? How do I know I'm living under this feeling of condemnation and failure? I'll give you three quick things. You know you're living by condemnation, by failure. It's defining who you are. It's your identity because of guilt, blame, and shame. Three results of living in guilt and condemnation. Guilt, blame, and shame. In fact, guilt, guilt, what it says, guilt says you're not enough. Guilt says you're not enough. I, I, really, I really sense in my heart as we're starting this series, there's some people in here today listening to me today. You feel you will never be enough. I, I'm never going to match up to what my family wants. I'm never going to be able to, to rise up to the occasion to what God wants. I, I'm not good enough. You're not enough. And you're ruled by the sense of guilt. There's people in here today, you're, you're being ruled by guilt. Something that happened in your past, you still feel guilty about. Well, that was my fault. What happened with my family was my, what happened with my parents was my fault. What happened with my kids was my fault. You're living under condemnation, under failure. The second thing is blame. Blame says you're the problem. The reason you've lived in isolation for the last couple of weeks or months, and I don't know who I'm talking to, but, but the reason you've isolated yourself is because you think you're the problem. And I really believe that the Holy Spirit today wants to give you freedom today. He died to give you freedom. And you're blaming yourself. I'm the problem. I'm the problem in my marriage. I'm the problem in this. I'm the problem in that. And, and, and finding your blame is good sometimes, but, but then go to healing. And say, I'm going to get better. But living in blame is not the answer. And then last but not least, the shame. Shame says, you're not worthy. I, I can't join a connect group. I can't. Worship was amazing, but I can't even lift up my hands or lift up my head because, Alex, you don't know what I did a couple of years ago. In fact, there's people here that, Alex, you don't know what I did two weeks ago. You don't know what I did last night, this morning. And there's no way I could lift up my head and worship God and lift up my hands because I'm a hypocrite and a liar. And you're letting shame define you instead of salvation give you the new identity. All of us have messed up. We've all fallen short of God's glory. <clears throat> Kyrie, we're, we're about to finish, but I really believe God wants to bring healing into this place. And there's people living in here today. You've lived under guilt, blame, and shame. But today is the day that we say enough is enough. Enough is enough. There's new mercies. There's new compassions. 
And I'm going to live not by failure, but by faith. How do we live by faith? Charles Spurgeon, he he actually wrapped it up in these three phrases. And we'll finish with this. Number one, we live by faith by growing in knowledge. You need to grow in knowledge. The incredible preacher, Charles Spurgeon, he says, you need to know who Jesus is. But you need to know him for yourself. You, you can't just take what anybody says from a platform. Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? You need to go and know him. You need to know him. He says, sit under the fountain of his blood and get to know the gospel. I love the gospel not because a preacher told me. I love the gospel because I experienced the gospel. When his blood came and forgave me. When I know my sinful habits and I know my past, but under the fountain of the blood, he makes me white as snow. I get to know that Jesus. I look at him and I worship him and I say, Jesus, I give you my heart. You need to grow in that knowledge. How do you grow? You need to listen to the word of God. You need to fill your life with the word of God. You need to wake up tomorrow on the first day of 21 days of prayer and fasting. And you need to put a new tape on your mind. And you need to surround yourself with teachings of the Word of God, with worship on the Word of God. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. This year, you need to cut out some people in your life that all they do is remind you of who you were. And you need to fill your life with the Jesus who tells you who you are. You need to make a decision. I'm going to grow in knowledge. We're living in the information age. Some of us, we know more about everything in the world but the Bible. You can tell me all the stats about the Miami Dolphins. And when was the last time we even went to a playoff game? But do you know the Word of God? Grow in the Word this year. Grow in knowledge. The Apostle Paul, after 20 years of serving Jesus, After two decades, he tells the church in Philippi, oh, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. I want to know him. I want to know him. Church, let's not play games. Let's not play church. Let's not pretend. I don't want to go through the I've been in church since I was born. I'm 39 this year. I know I look 20. I'm 39. (laughs) Me, my sister, my brother, we were born and raised in church. Literally, my mom almost had us in church. But every day I want to wake up and say, God, I want to know you. I want to know you. I want to know you better. I want to wake up and know you. I I want to know you and I want freedom in my life. Peter says in 2 Peter 3.18, but grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You need to grow in the grace. God, this year, 2023, come on, we're going to grow. Can I get an amen? We're going to grow by faith. I'm going to lean into God. Maybe I'll put away some magazines. Maybe I'll put away the newspaper. Maybe I'll turn off the TV a little bit more. Maybe I'll turn off social media. I'm going to get in God's word, and I'm going to get more knowledge. And Charles Spurgeon said, it's not just knowing knowledge. Number two is believing that knowledge. Number two, believe in the truth. You can have information, but do you believe that information? Deep down inside this year, why don't we take God for his word this year? Like, that's a good challenge. I think many times we say we believe God, but do we really? Do we really step out and believe he is who he said he is? This year, believe his word. He gave a couple of illustrations. He says, you need to believe his word the way a blind man believes his tour guide. 
You put your hand in his, and although you can't see, you trust that he does see. That's believing. I don't know what my tomorrow holds, but I trust the one who knows my tomorrow. And, and he leads me, and he guides me. I'm just going to believe what he said. I know my past. I know what I've done, but I'm just going to believe what he said. I know my family knows me as such and such. I know my old co-workers know me as this person. But I'm just going to believe what he said. And when I come in here, I don't lift up my hands by any feeling. But I lift it up by faith that he's, I am who he says I am. By faith. Another illustration, he said, he said, if you go to school, you believe your teacher when they say in elementary school, there's a country named Japan. You've never been to Japan. But you believe there's a country named Japan at seven years old when they teach you geography. You believe that they tell you there's a country named Australia. We've never seen a kangaroo in our life, but we believe it. Charles Spurgeon says, why don't we come to Jesus with faith like a child? And just believe. I'm just going to believe it. Alice, why did you wake up excited and you scream on that platform? I just believe what he said. I'm sorry, I get excited. I just believe it. And every day I want to be more like a child and just believe it. I'm not there yet, but I want to be there. Here are some good things to believe as we wrap up. 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. But if anybody does sin, anybody sin lately? You don't have to raise your hand. But if anybody does sin, but if anybody does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense. Jesus Christ, the righteous. Alex, but didn't you sin? I have, I have a defense attorney. Yeah, but I just believe it. He's got me. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has. Somebody told me recently, all oh, my co-workers can't even believe who I am today. Like when, I, when they see me worshiping, when they see me post what I post, you're a believer now. But what about all that? He's like, I'm just a new creation. I'm just going to believe. People can say whatever they want about me. But Jesus says, I'm a new creation. And although I may not feel it at times, I believe it by faith psalm 103 verse 12 as far as the east is from the west so far has he removed our transgressions from us are you remembering something god has already forgotten about you keep bringing up to memory something god has already forgiven you for stop living by failure and start living by faith you just don't need to grow just believe charles Spurgeon said to finish you need to trust need to trust he brought up the old Puritans these were old old Christians just to put it that way they, they spoke real poetically and they wrote some incredible books and Charles Spurgeon brought up one of them who said what we need to do is that we need to use this word that they often use and the word was recumbent and he says it's a poetic old English word but you need to know it because that shows trust in Jesus. In fact, this is what he said. Charles Spurgeon said, faith is not a blind thing. By the way, if anybody says, well, you just have blind faith. You can't say, I don't have blind faith. I have knowledge. I believe it. And I trust it. For faith begins with knowledge. It's not a spec speculative thing. For faith believes facts of which it is sure. It's not an unpractical, dreamy thing for faith trust and stakes his destiny upon the truth of revelation. And then he says, faith ventures, it's all upon the truth of God. Speaking of this word, he said, it's not a pleasant word to use, but the poet employed it and suggests my meaning. Venture unto him, venture holy. 
Let no other trust intrude. This word, recumbent, what does it literally mean? It literally means to lay down your life and to rest and recline on Jesus. When they said that somebody was recumbent, it literally means they were in a comfortable position of resting. And so the old Puritans used to say, oh, you need to have faith in Jesus. You need to have recumbent faith. That means you throw yourself on him. So many people, as we started this year, and we start this series called By Faith, people can say, well, hey, you, you only have faith but because life is hard and you use faith as a crutch. I don't know if you ever heard that before. But I heard an old preacher once say, no, faith is not just my crutch. Faith is the stretcher that I throw my life in. Some of us this year, I don't need a crutch because my foot still touches the ground. But I need to realize I can't do anything in myself. What you need to do is you need to throw yourself on Jesus. I'm resting on him. I'm resting on him. I can't do it on my own. 2023, I'm resting on Jesus. All of my life, all of my soul, I'm resting. I can't trust myself. I can't trust my strength. I'm throwing myself on him. Throw your life on him. Everything that you are, your past, your present, your future, all that I am, all my struggles, all my habits, everything that I, I tra- eat my stretcher. I'll finish with this. We can stay standing. We're going to worship in just a moment. Maybe you're saying, Alex, but you don't know who I was. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know what they call me. I don't. But here's what I know. God doesn't use perfect people. Jacob was a cheater, and God still used him. Peter had a bad temper, but God still called him. David had an affair. Noah got drunk. Jonah ran from God. Paul was a murderer. Gideon was insecure. Miriam was a gossiper. Martha was a warrior. Thomas was a doubter. Sarah was impatient. Elijah was depressed. Moses stuttered. Zacchaeus was short. Abraham was old. And Lazarus was dead. But here's what I know. God doesn't call qualified people. He qualifies those who he calls. Oh, you know my history. But he gives me a new destiny. Come on, that's the God that we have. Come on, if you believe it. Why don't you lift up your hand? Let freedom ring. Today, if you don't know Jesus, maybe it's the first time here, second time here. Maybe you feel far from God. You're saying, Alex, I have no relationship with God. The Bible says that all of us are sinners and our sin separates us from God. But God so loved the world. He loved you and I so much that he sent his son Jesus to come and die for us. The Bible says that all of our sin were placed on him so that his righteousness can be placed on us. Today, if you want that righteousness, today, if you want to confess your sins and say, I want to put my faith and my trust in Jesus. He died for your sins, went to a grave for three days, but after three days, Jesus Christ, he resurrected. And I believe he's alive by faith. And he's changed all of our lives and he's waiting to change your life. He loves you. You've tried everything. You've done it all. Give your heart to Jesus. As you start 2023, give your life to Jesus. With every eye closed, with every head bowed. If that's you, if you're saying, Alex, I want to put my faith and my trust, I want to repent for all of my sins. 
I'm going to count to three. I want you to lift up your hand. I'm not going to call you out, embarrass you. I just want to see who I'm praying for. Why don't you hold it up for a few seconds so I know who I'm praying for. When I count to three, raise your hand, then you can put it right back down. One, two, three. Raise your hand as high as you can, as high as you can. Raise it up. Raise it up. Raise it up. I see you. I see you. I see you. I see you. God bless 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 you. I see you. I see you. I see you. Awesome. Awesome. I see you. You can put your hands back down. Let's say a simple prayer. I know we went a little bit over time, but I'm going to say a simple prayer, and then I'm going to ask Pastor Adam to come up here and tell you about a free gift really quick, and then we'll worship one more time and go home. If you raise your hand, say this with all your heart. In fact, the whole entire church family, say it with me. Say, Father, Father thank, you thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. Today I admit that I'm a sinner, and that my sin separates me from you. Say, Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God that you died for my sins and on the third day you resurrected Jesus come into my life be my Lord and be my Savior from today on come on from today on I'm saved I'm forgiven and I'm healed in Jesus name Amen Amen come on church can we put our hands together for everybody who made that decision here today come on amazing Truly believe is the best decision you can ever make. Thank you so much, JP. And, uh, and and here's the thing. If you made that decision and you prayed that prayer with Pastor Alex and you meant that from the bottom of your heart, we, we don't want you to leave out of here uh, with your hands empty. We want to actually put a free gift in your hand. It's the back just like this. And this guy has a Bible, has a, a tumbler in there, a notebook for you so that you can start this new walk with Jesus in strength and you're going to be equipped. And uh, we're going to have a tent right outside. The moment you walk out of the building, you're going to see some amazing Dream Team members waving these around. Don't don't leave out of here without this make sure like if you're with somebody who made that decision like walk them to the tent we just want to get connected with you not going to ask anything much other than your name and to congratulate you so don't leave out of here without this but church can we give our can we give a round of applause one more time for everybody who made that decision amen hey we hope that we start off this year in strength. And uh, as we get ready for the fast tomorrow, don't forget, 12 o'clock noon, we're going to be on Instagram Live. But we're going to leave out of here worshiping one more time. But before we do, let me pray for your week, and we can continue on with our day. So, Jesus, we thank you so much, Lord. Thank you for your goodness and your grace, God. Thank you, Lord, that you love us so much that you would consider us worthy of your love and your grace. So, Father, I pray that you go before us in this week. Keep us safe. Give us the strength that we need so that we may live by faith. So, Lord, we love you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen.